guys, welcome back to Floral Couch Conversations. I'm Emily. And I'm Alyssa. And it's book club. Woo! Double dose of book club, mind you. <laughs> I mind. <laughs> and not only is it book club, but we have a special guest. Welcome, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on to discuss our two books. Yeah, so should we just jump right into our first book? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I will take a step back because I did not read this book, but that's why we have Jamie here. (laughs) So this is actually Jamie's, um, for our physical book club that we go to, this was Jamie's pick, and it was The Man in the High Castle by Philip K. Dick. Yeah, and I thought it would be fun to pick something that was like World War II related fiction, since a lot of the books that we've read, which I love, are kind of modern day fiction, and they're really about like women's lives. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought, oh, this will be different, but um, it was different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the general consensus at book club was that we weren't that into it. Although Maya made some good points about the uniqueness of the book that were not necessarily interesting it didn't necessarily make the book interesting or a more captivating read but you could appreciate the unique style of it yes yeah and I think that was her point is that she appreciated like the alternate look so Mm -hmm. I guess um like 10,000 foot level the premise is what would have happened if um, the U.S. lost World War II. And so it follows, like, several characters um, in the living in the U.S. Um, and the U.S. is partially divided by the J- Japanese and the Germans. Is that correct? Yeah. So the East Coast and kind of the Midwest is occupied by the Nazis. And then the West Coast is occupied by Japan. And then there's a neutral zone, which is basically like the Rocky Mountain region that isn't occupied by either empire. Yes. And so um, there's like so many like mini storylines that I struggle to like even tell people what it's about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because it follows one Japanese kind of political official follows a white guy who's an antique dealer in the Japanese like side and then it follows two like regular kind of American people living in the Japan um, area and then there are like some other characters that kind of come in and out right I guess, what was your favorite storyline? Well, and it's funny because I said this at book club and I hadn't watched the TV show yet, but Julie, I like Juliana or Juliana Crane. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in the book, she was living in the neutral zone the whole time, but she was from San Francisco. Um, but her character was also kind of weird. And Maya pointed out that she was a little annoying with her like thought process. But I, 
I thought her character was the most interesting mm-hmm. and was kind of the main driver of the plot. And then once I watched the TV show, which I started watching when we were going to originally record this in January, um, but then we couldn't make it work. So between then and now, I've binged the entire four seasons wow. of The Man in the High Castle. <laughs> um and in the tv show she is like a total badass and very smart and um her thought process and the way she is kind of navigating this um dystopian world makes way more sense okay so that's always been my suspicion is if i would have watched the tv show first i would have enjoyed the book more because it would have helped me put a face to the characters and keep the storyline straight. And then I think you probably could get more substance to, like, each plot line. <laughs> yeah. the And the main characters in the TV show had... They all seemed to kind of know what they were doing a little more or just be better people and have more depth to them. Yeah. And I it kind of made me think that in the book, the author tried to cram so much in and was kind of vague um and into such a short novel that he couldn't like tell as good of a story Mm -hmm. but Maya's point and I think this might be why it made such a good tv show was that the author didn't write some fast-paced like quick read story which is what people expect to get out of books and it's what they enjoy you know, he kind of, like, went against the grain mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't, you know, it's just not as fast-paced. And the TV show is very, like, drawn out. But I think that people today, they're used to having that in TV shows because they're almost, like, cinematic, you know, but they, every episode is, like, an hour by itself. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point because I like went into it expecting it to be a little bit like action packed just like based on the premise. But like, I feel like the darker things like the novel kind of just like, like just, oh, by the way, they took over Africa and then like moved on to like, (laughs) yeah, a like story about like a Disney watch. And like, they didn't focus on like the, the dramatic and the dark pieces as much. Yeah, I felt like the author kind of talked more about, like, every day, and -hmm. all of the characters ended up being intertwined, but there wasn't, like, a resolution, or there wasn't, like, um, they didn't accomplish anything major as Mm -hmm. far as, like, trying to take down the tyrannical governments and, and win back America. But maybe the author wanted to leave it up to your imagination because then with this, with the TV show version, they really didn't deviate that much from the book. They included a lot of those details, but they just expanded on it, you know, like they just made this universe like come to life. Yeah. Um, Emily, have you seen the TV show at all? I have seen like one maybe two episodes of the tv show and that's kind of why I decided not to read the book it's just because it was like a little bit too scary and intense and I was like not in the mood to read that type of book um and yeah 
Yeah. I feel like I might need to check it out and it might like, I guess, change my perspective a little bit on my dislike for the book because the book took me a really long time to get through. Um, <laughs> partially just because I didn't want to finish it, but I did. Woo. Um, Jamie, would you recommend the TV show? Yeah, I would, um, especially if you like shows that have or that are kind of more along the lines of a drama with Mm -hmm. sinister characters or if you really enjoy kind of dystopian future type um, storylines. I guess the other point I wanted to bring out is do you want to help explain how the name of the book was derived? Oh yeah so I guess if we want to talk through kind of the biggest plot point yeah. there's a book called The Grasshopper was it like The Grasshopper Lays Silent or what I do you remember so. what it was called? It was something, something like anti it was like going against the like current government though. It was like a political Yeah. But it and I, I didn't um I didn't quite get like where they came up with the name. But this book, it illustrates a world where the United States did win the war. The Nazi Reich did fall. Japan, you know, did not become a world superpower. Basically, the world that we live in. Yeah. And so a little Inception-y book inside yes, of us. <laughs> yes. It's like within this book, there's all these people that are living under these oppressive governments and they have to fear for their lives and they're not safe um and they learn about our world through a book yeah and the man who wrote the book um he is called the man in the high castle and he's sort of it's almost like he's some like fictional character in this universe that's like untouchable unreachable and of course like the nazis and the japanese would love to like take him out because he's they view him as like spreading this propaganda that threatens their um their rule but that's who the man in the high castle is he's the man delivering this message of you know the nazis can be defeated and japan can be defeated Mm mm-hmm Well, and when I saw the trailer for the TV show, by the way, which is, you know, how I learned about the book mm-hmm. and why I got interested in the book, I thought the man in the high castle was going to be like some mysterious like Nazi ruler, you know, like I had no that like that wasn't clear to me from the TV show trailer. Um, OK, interesting. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the book took a little bit to introduce that as well. Like the whole idea of the man in the high castle. Yeah. Well, cause I, I don't, I feel like it was a few chapters in when they introduced mm-hmm. the, the, um, the book that, that the man in the high castle had written. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess any final thoughts on the book, any other major plot points you think we should touch on? I don't know if I would recommend reading the book um, to people 
maybe if they watched the TV show and then really wanted to see what the book was like, they could. But if you just want to read the book for fun, I don't know if I'd recommend it because it was kind of all over the place. Um, like with, at book club, we talked about this one character, um, Mr. Tagomi, who just he was kind of bizarre and all of a sudden went down like a spiral and in life and and then they you know transition to another character and um it's like it's just kind of trippy and hard to follow and they they kind of jump around and there's just like so much happening and so many details that are described that don't seem relevant to like a story Mm -hmm. so it was just it is it's such an interesting idea and the author um, Philip K. Dick he obviously had some very like revolutionary ideas and is very creative and he made he gave wonderful material for this tv show but the book is just very hard to get through the way it's written I would agree with that I (laughs) I would not recommend the book either and the only time I would say to read it is if you've already seen the tv show because I think that was my biggest struggle is just keeping the characters storylines straight because there were so many so I was like always like okay wait what happened to this person in the last chapter like and yeah there were so many details so I would agree with that assessment. <laughs> yeah. And the thing to know about the TV show, too, is that it, like, where the book ends, the TV show then continues on um, about the whole revolution against the Nazis and the Japanese. And um, I really think that stories about rebels fighting back against, like, tyranny, like, those are, I think, really good um, stories and like, even though they can be really dark, they're also uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the the book kind of leaves it open-ended. Like, you don't really know what's going to happen or if they're going to win. Like, there's no resolution. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. I might check out the TV show. Emily, did we convince you to go um, right after this and read the book? <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> Um, but I enjoy hearing about it. Did your husband read the book? He did. He just finished it. Did he like it? Um, I don't, I don't know, actually. I mean, he was intrigued by it. Like, he, he kept reading it. And he watched the TV show, too. Okay. Um, but, but I think I'm just not into, like, sci-fi, um, like, futuristic stuff like that I'm more of like a historical fiction person that likes more like real true stories not like an alternate yeah I'm not like a fantasy person either so um but he did like it okay well in the story it's like it's kind of oddly in between like sci-fi and more historical because it's set in like the 60s so they're mm-hmm. the technology they don't have like um like the technology that they have is like realistic to the time but then like there's all these trippy things about somebody like having an 
like being able to see into like another universe that's like very very more much more like sci-fi yeah and they had and they had these like advanced like super shuttle things and like to some extent yeah it was more like advanced like sci-fi and some of it was like oh it is the 60s yeah that's a good point um so all in all Read it or don't. Um, Jamie and I would say no. Apparently other people would say yes. So follow your heart. Um, should we move on to book club book number two? Let's do it. So our February book was Brain on Fire by Susanna. Okay. How do you pronounce your last name? Kahalan? I, I think I think it's Kahalan. I don't know. It's Callahan, but the L and the H are switched. <laughs> Yes. Um, and she was a young journalist for, was it the New York Magazine? New York? I think it was the Post. Yeah, I think you're right. New York Post? Well, or in just the book, the Post. she just said the Post. Okay, so she was a journalist and was like very accomplished um in her 20s and she kind of started to develop this weird thing where she was having seizures and was just kind of like going crazy for lack of a better way to describe it um yeah like paranoia like paranoia and just like acting weird with her boyfriend and the people around her um and she didn't know what was happening to her um And so she started kind of investigating, going to doctors, and the first doctor she saw um, referred her to a neurologist, and the neurologist guy kind of overestimated the, or like, asked her how much alcohol she was drinking, and she would say like, oh, a few glasses of wine here and there every week, and he kind of overestimated that and said that, like, oh, she's just, like, an alcoholic. She's partying too much. She's going through withdrawal from not drinking. And um, even after saying, like, okay, no, she's not drinking anything, like, he kind of just brushed her off. And she ended up going into the hospital for these seizures. And um, they, like, couldn't figure out what was wrong with her for a really long time. And it ended up... Uh, after, like, all these things where they, like, filmed her and did spinal taps, um, they f- figured out that it was some sort of infection. And then um, it led to, like, finding this doctor who was doing research on an autoimmune disease that was affecting um, women, or they had found, like, few women, like, in their 20s and 30s who were suffering from this disease called NDMA, right? I think that's right. Um, and... It's an autoimmune disease where your body kind of attacks your brain, and that's what she was suffering from. So she finally got treatment, and it took a really long time, but she was, like, um, just kind of this amazing story of how there's still so much out there that we don't know that can happen, and sometimes, like, people do just, like, pass mental health issues off as like oh this person's just crazy like they thought it was schizophrenia for a while and if they wouldn't have kept 
going, like kept fighting and saying, no, this isn't it. It's not schizophrenia. It's not a mental health issue. Like we need to keep investigating, figuring out what this is. Then she never, she probably would have died. Like she wouldn't have gotten the help she needed. Which to me is so crazy because I just feel like, um, not like it's very easy to be like written off by someone in the medical community community so you you like have to be your own advocate and I feel like with how many times she was like um I guess kind of defeated without her like family support system like I just think it's like a miracle that she actually got the help she needed like it's crazy to me and she was so sick she wasn't in a position to even advocate for herself so she didn't have those people looking out for her right it would have been catastrophic yeah, I wasn't really impressed at how so her parents are divorced and I was really impressed at how they kind of came together even though they weren't on speaking terms. They used a journal to communicate about what was going on with her. And so like they would take turns being with Susanna, the main character and well not character, main person, the author. <laughs> and yeah. um they would take turns like sitting with her at the hospital and taking care of her and would pass a notebook to like share information and I thought that was really cool how they did that yeah um I'm guessing curious from both of you I wasn't able to go to like our book club meeting um but I had read the book back in December I'm curious what the main discussion points were as far as like did everyone like it and like what were the biggest like I guess points of discussion I think everyone enjoyed reading it and one of the main things I think we talked about was if it scared us, like, did we feel like this was something that could happen to us? And, um, like, our friend Camille was even like, oh, I had a headache. And I, um, like, was like, is it, is it happening? Is it happening to me? Um, yeah. so it's, it's kind of funny to think about, but also like, I don't, it is scary because you never know. Yeah, I guess. Jamie, you do not have to talk about this if you don't want to, but you have an autoimmune disease. And, yeah. like, did it take a while for you to, like, get the help that you needed? It took um, – it probably took six months to a year for me to be diagnosed. And, and that's, that's – isn't that how long it took her, too, something like that? But it was – she was so sick. That was a very long time mm-hmm. to yeah. be as sick as she was. And for me, I I started to get sick, but, you know, you just think, like, okay, if your stomach is upset, maybe it's just something you're eating or you're stressed out or um, you just kind of learn to live with it for a little while. Well, then in my case, I started to lose weight and I was losing, like, two to five pounds every week when I started to get really sick in the winter. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like a five foot four tall young woman who weighs 85 pounds, um, which is like not even remotely close to enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that is how sick I was when I was finally diagnosed. And with Crohn's disease, like it's com- it's fairly common. Um, so like they were able to diagnose me once they did like the tests and everything, like they didn't question me 
too much but there was like with my pediatrician like they asked me to go in the hall and she asked my mom if I ate like are you sure she's not just anorexic or bulimic you know like that's the first thing they look at my mom said yeah she loves to eat like she's (laughs) like I've seen her finish like a whole cheeseburger like adult size at the restaurant and like she's hungry she wants to eat but she's just like sick all the time so right um and then you know you have to get referred to specialists um and I think that's like kind of the normal process but there are I think people always like they look for the easy answer um and like the easy solution or one thing that they did for me was we'll try to cut out lactose and it didn't help I didn't get any better but I I cut out lactose for like four months you know and like that's kind of a long time to cut a food out and see if it yeah while you're continuing to get sicker yeah um and like at the time like celiacs like wasn't talked about so like they're like gluten-free wasn't a thing in 2005 but um or 2006 I don't remember when it was exactly but um like they I'm glad they didn't ever suggest that and have me like well stop with the lactose and try that like because elimination diet like I have an autoimmune disease elimination diets are not gonna cure an auto like a severe autoimmune disease um and then it also took time afterwards for them to figure out like what the right therapy was for me so even after I was diagnosed it took probably two years until I actually felt better like hearing about because and I did not finish the book but I I read into it a little bit um and so hearing about her struggle it just yeah definitely like I think what she went through is way more extreme than what I went through and like much more life-threatening but I also um could kind of relate to it a bit um just because of my experience um and I also found it to be because and this is one thing we talked about at book club but how scary if you like to be written off as like schizophrenic or maybe you're like manic depressive or bipolar like written off as with like a mental health condition what and like have somebody have doctors throw at you medications that will not treat autoimmune diseases at all like Mm -hmm. And, like, that is very terrifying to think that. And um, I think one thing Camille brought up was, like, what about back in the day? What about decades ago? All the people institutionalized. Like, how many people could have been saved if we had the technology today, Back if we had it back then? Right. Well, yeah, it's crazy because Emily, to your earlier point of just like there's so many of these autoimmune diseases out there that like Crohn's is now like, I don't know if popular is the right word, but there's like a definitive test to determine that it's there. But there's all these other ones that there isn't like a cut and dry test for them mm-hmm. or and so like it's literally like it's got to be so hard to be that advocate for either yourself or for a family member. Well, I have a friend with an autoimmune disease that is um, related to 
kind of like an allergy response. So they have to like, during like high, like peak allergy season, they have a lot of struggles um, and they have to take like antihistamines, but their disease is so rare and it's kind of, it, it's not formally like categorized that she can't get like health insurance coverage. She, there aren't like really medicate, like she doesn't feel well. She's like battling every day just to live a normal life. Um, and even though she's maybe relatively healthy where she is like, she's, she's not dying or she's not like super sick. She's still struggling with symptoms mm-hmm. and kind of being written off by health insurance companies and like having a hard time finding doctors that like know how to treat her because this condition is rare. And I feel like 10 years from now, all these rare autoimmune diseases, like hopefully aren't they're, you know, better understood. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the point or one of the points is just to be your own advocate. Like obviously trust doctors and what they have to say, but at the end of the day, they're just humans trying to do a job. So sometimes it does take that extra advocating and like researching for yourself. And I mean, doing it in the right way, not just going on WebMD and saying, I have cancer, but, (laughs) but, um, and so hopefully you have that or you're able to do that, but there are so many people who aren't. And I think that's just the, the sad and unfortunate part. And I think it's a good lesson too, for like patient for people and for like healthcare professionals to like, not give up on people or write them off when they are still sick and like expect them to like live with certain symptoms and I liked what um, Camille said about her colleague who keeps the book on her shelf to remind her that like she needs to like take her patient seriously and consider you know referring them to another doctor or another specialist if she sees like signs of things right like it's not always a mental health concern that a therapist can handle like if you see signs that like okay this is out of my abilities like definitely refer them somewhere else so that they can get the help they need yeah or if they if you like if someone confides in you about a physical ailment like help you know, like you, you're in a position to connect them with people who can care for them. Right. So like just taking that extra step, like it doesn't hurt. And it, you're like, you're just really helping, you know, helping people, helping your community. Mm-hmm. I guess, would you guys recommend this book to people? I I for sure would. Yeah. I didn't um, finish it, but I actually still plan to finish it just and part of the reason, even though I kind of know a lot of the detail, and then I got to hear more about, like, the storyline at book club, I really like her writing style, and I don't know if I've ever read a book, like, an an kind of autobiographical story before, where the author kind of submerges you into their life as if they're just a character, like we even referred to Susanna as a character. Mm -hmm. Like it, it felt like such a, like a, you know, such a good narrative 
and it felt more like a novel than like an autobiography and I just yeah I'm really impressed with her writing style and the way she kind of put her story like into put her put her story on paper um and research you know her own life and how kind of crazy her her um experience was like getting sick and just made it so like so vibrant like really come to life yeah yeah I think it's unique and it's so critically acclaimed and it's gotten so much attention because it's I mean one such an interesting story and two because she wasn't in a place to like talk about her own life because she like doesn't even remember most of what happened she had to do her own research about what happened in her own life by like talking to her boyfriend and her mom and her brother and her dad to like Pete and her to all her doctors to piece together what happened in that year which is such a crazy concept to think about but like also kudos to her for like because that couldn't have been easy <laughs> to go through no yeah well and reliving it all um right would have been so emotional like I'm sure that I I almost wonder if it like I would love to hear her talk about writing the book because I almost feel like it would be like it could be therapeutic to like kind of relive it all and like write it write it down mm-hmm. and share your story and like talk through it right especially because she didn't have much of a voice of her own during it mm-hmm. um, have either of you or I watched or plan to watch the the Netflix series at Brain on Fire that came based on this book. I'm confused. Is it a major motion picture or is it a Netflix series? I like could have sworn it was a Netflix series. Does the book say major or motion picture? Yeah, on the cover of the book it says soon to be a major motion picture. Let me do some Googling. I think they made it into a movie because there was that, that um, Chloe Grace Moretz, I think is her last name. That like actress, she was in it. I remember seeing like trailers and stuff. So I, I it led me to believe it wasn't like a, a series. Oh, you're right. It is a movie. I do think it's on Netflix, and I probably just assumed it was a series. It oh, came yeah, out in 2016. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it was like came up as like new, so I just assumed. But yes, it is a movie. I think I'd be interested in watching it after I finish the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll probably watch it. Did you guys listen to or watch her? She did a TED talk. The author. No, I didn't know that she did that. I think someone mentioned it um, Thursday night, but I was curious if either of you had watched it because I was wondering if she. Um, you know discuss the process or if it was more like a motivational um, speech that she gave yeah I haven't seen it either so another thing to look up mm-hmm. yeah I feel like my uh, watching list is growing quite a lot after this episode <laughs> yeah mine too at least I finished the four seasons of that show in a month which Working full time and having like a kid, I feel like it's quite a feat. I don't know, like it's hard to binge watch nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, 
Any final thoughts? Let's talk about our next book. Yes. So I just looked it up. Our next book is The Girl They Left Behind by Roxanne Valetzos. Um, Another World War II historical fiction. <laughs> Which I'm all about, so I'm excited. Yeah. We're we're on a trend. I gotta get reading. Yeah, I just got the book in the mail. I don't even have it yet. <laughs> I need to reserve it at the library still. Yes. Um, well, we will ta- be talking about that in about a month. So everyone check it out. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of our book club podcast. If you like what you're hearing, feel free to give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts and reach out to us on social media at Floral Couch Conversations or floralcouchconversations at gmail.com. And thanks, Jamie, for joining. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Bye.